boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. This is episode 243 with the one and only Fabio from Strong First. He is the CEO of the company and really cool if you haven't like, figured it out already by his first name. He's Italian. He has a sweet ass Italian accent and honestly this was one of my most favorite guests on the show because his energy, his energy, he's so passionate about what he does and it it rubs off on you. Like I just wanted to talk to him for like another three hours. So really cool to kind of see how he helped Strong First build into this giant mega company for certifications for coaches and we talk about his challenges in life early on in his career and how he got here. It's a really great episode. Without further ado, here we go. Hello boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your lovely host, Rafael Machaszewski, and joining me for the first time today, Fabio, say hello. Hello everyone. Perfect. Very happy to be here. Um, so I always like to start the show with super, super easy questions. So the first easy question is, what's the current book you're reading? Right now, Second Wing Manual. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so what, I, what, what's that about? Uh, it's, uh, one of, uh, it's one of the new centers by Pavel. Okay. And, uh, I attended it. I saw kind of previews uh, of it, uh, you know, semi piece of parts of the manual while he was working on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I attended the seminar for the first time this past weekend in Prague. Nice. And it was pretty awesome. So, and I'm very curious and like to go deep into things. So I'm also a little nerdy and I don't look like a nerd, I know. But <laughs> I, so I have to go into my, they got into my physiology books and understand more about gases, changes, breathing, all that stuff. Really interesting. And this is the other thing I'm, I'm reading. Here it is. It's not a manual. Oh, nice. It's well, it's in Portuguese actually, but I'm cheating. <laughs> they maybe a English version just for me. Uh, oh, nice. it's, it's a course they do in Brazil. It's one of our partners over there. Is the you're the licensees for Strong First in in Brazil, and they also have a company called Bitro. They take care of functional training, they call it physical functional training, very interesting. And I attended their um, functional rehab course. That was really interesting. So um, this is what I'm doing right now. This is what I'm reading, my favorite reading. Okay. Awesome. Um, so second easy question, what is the current TV series you're watching or are you one of those people who doesn't watch TV at all? Uh, too close to say you don't watch TV? No, I do watch TV. So, <laughs> Uh, currently, I'm the only one that is running right now is Agents of Shields. Of okay. Shield. I'm watching that one, uh, but usually I uh, also watch um, Walking Dead. Big fan of yeah. that. I'm one of the few who have never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. Oh wow! And the reason is because I missed it from the beginning, so probably I get the full box set and spend one week and. <laughs> <laughs> If I get passionate or something, I want to see how it ha- how it goes on. So, like, if I start, I, I don't I don't stop until I I got through the entire thing. So, yeah, and um, a few others, but my all time favorite series, um, which is not on anymore, was Dexter, 
Yes, yes. That's literally my favorite show, too. Like, I absolutely love that idea of his character. Because, like, at the same time, when you're watching, you're like, holy crap, this is messed up. But at the same time, you're like, some writer or writers created that character. And I'm like, how messed up are those writers to come up with that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, seriously, uh, if you, my ringtone on my cell phone is Dexter's team. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. The reason for this, I hate receiving phone calls. Oh, I hate the phone. So I'm allergic to phone calls. So when it rings, I'm thinking I'm gonna kill whoever this is. <laughs> it's interesting nowadays. It's like when someone calls, you like purposely ignore it, and you're like, why does that person just text me? Like it's like it's you. You almost get angry when people call you nowadays. <laughs> Well, you know, things have changed. It's because you're reachable all the times. I mean, I recall, you know, I'm an old guy. I'm in my 50s, and um, I recall it was not so easy to reach people. You should, you know, you, you book the call, and you're doing anything else, and your phone rings. Right now, we have WhatsApp. We have Facebook. Yeah. We have several emails, several ways of communicating. And I think that a call is something you should plan ahead. If you just call people without warning, you know, people should stay on the phone like 24 hours a day. Yeah. And imagine, I work with different uh, countries. Yeah. So now we're talking, right? What is your time zone? Uh, I'm Pacific time, so it's 10.09 a.m. <laughs> so I'm Central European, so right now it's 7 p.m. Yeah. Imagine, I work from, Pavel lives in LA, right? So Pacific, where you are. Uh, Brett Jones lives in Pittsburgh, so he's Eastern. Yeah. And, but I also work in Australia and Korea sometimes. So I would get calls day and night, 24, eight, 24 hours. Because work in the time zone. So yeah. it's good to a call. I'm super happy to be in a call as long as I know about it. Uh, you know, maybe you're washing dishes or doing anything else. Yeah. And uh, phone rings. And, or you're on a podcast and the phone rings. So <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, um, th this is going to be a good question next because I was going to ask, what's your biggest pet peeve in everyday life and also in the fitness industry? Uh, say it again, my biggest? Pet peeve. Oh, that's that's a good question because I have no idea what that is. Remember that I'm, please remind, I'm Italian, so yeah. I don't know if you have the expression. So can you define that for me, please? Yeah, so a pet peeve is something that, like, is super annoying that people always do. So, like, an example of a pet peeve would be, like, someone chewing their gum super loud. Well, that's one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what really bugs me is when I'm, when I'm approaching a set when I'm training, yeah. Talking to me. Mm. That is, or they see that I'm on hurry and they keep talking to me. Those are the two things that really kill me. <laughs> and, and this happens all the time. In fact, in fact, and you know, people who just go to a gym for doing some fitness, they can talk while they're doing their, you know, the set on the on the chest press or whatever leg is on. No big deal. But if I that I'm deadlifting 250 kilos, which is 500 and something pounds, yep. probably I need to be focused. Yeah. Or I can hurt. And um, I need to focus. And it is, people don't realize that it's not, it's something important in that moment. And it's also about safety. Or, it's, or when you're in a hurry. Uh, there is a, a saying here that the number of uh, unexpected things that can happen to you are proportional to uh, uh, how on a hurry you are, put on a square. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, I, I think, too, like, if people who are just going to the gym, like you were saying, just to work out, if they're able to hold a conversation the entire hour or two hours they're at the gym, they're probably not working that hard enough. <laughs> yeah, which is good. I mean, if, if they go to the gym for fun, yeah. it's great. But please respect those who are. And, you know, I'm really cutting off the time to train. Is my day is kind of busy. So... I really have my training sessions these are really long because they do high volumes and uh, so I have to race against the clock several times yeah. which is already is annoying and so if they, you know I don't want to waste time seriously once I've done if I have time let's have a coffee and a conversation outside for sure Jim but once it's done perfect um, so last easy question what do you got planned for the weekend Oh, this is going to be a great weekend. I got great plans. Nothing. Nice. <laughs> I plan about doing nothing. Uh, <laughs> so last weekend, I was in Prague for this second week seminar, which is awesome. I suggest it to anyone. The weekend prior to that, I was teaching SG1 together with my colleague, Master Sean Cairns, here in Italy. Uh, two weeks prior to that, I was in Brazil teaching SFG level two, and, and before that, attending the course. So I haven't been home pretty much basically for one month. So my plan for this weekend is total relaxation. Nice. There you go. <laughs> do some gardening, you know. Yeah. I would never do in any other situation. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so let's get a little intro of who you are, what you do, and how did you get into this industry in the first place? Who I am? That's a good question. I have no, I still no idea. Uh, I let you know as soon as I grown up. Um, no, seriously, I'm, I'm a basically I'm a strength coach. I'm a, as you know, I work for Strong First. I'm a Strong First Master Instructor, and I, my mission is helping spreading Strong First world around the world and making the world a stronger place. This is who I am. Um, how did I get here? I'm still trying to find out. Someone trusted me and um, gave me some opportunities, and I did my best to uh, not disappoint them. So that's that's how I ended up here. I trust me, I would have never ever had thought one day that I would have been in this position. I mean, I I remember that uh, I've been doing this type of work for a long time. Uh, my parents were teachers. My mother, an English teacher, interesting, uh, but I never learned English from her. And my father, a math, math teacher. So teaching is in the blood of the family. And I've been working for the Italian Federation of Fitness, teaching you know personal training, certification courses, and all that stuff for like probably also almost 20 years. And so I was doing pretty much what I do, just on a smaller scale, working in locally in Italy. And um, when I started kettlebells, and when I before I met Pavel, it was like, this is my, you know, toy, my fun. It's something I like to do. I just want to enjoy doing it. I don't have, I never thought that could become a, a job at one point, which was, and the interesting thing was that um, I had to speak at a Congress, a conference, which was the Italian Federation of Fitness, you know, yearly national Congress. And they asked me to bring up something that I really believed that correct English belief, thought, mm -hmm. uh, believe it was the future in fitness. 
And I was reading some articles uh, about kettlebells at the time, and I thought, you know, this tool is really cool. It allows you to do things that you can't do with other tools. So I wasn't even able to swing a bell. I just read articles and tried something home, you know. So I had, I think I had an 8 kilo, a 16 kilo bell. And I showed up there and gathered information about, you know, what was the, the Giroi sport, the uh, kettlebell sport, who was hardstyle, who was pilot, and so on. So I put up a presentation saying, I'm not doing this yet. I plan on learning about this. But I think this is the future. And I brought up all what I found about kettlebells. And incredibly, it was so successful that the, the chairman of the Italian Federation of Fitness said, you know what? We need to start kettlebell instructor courses. You're going to run them. And I said, no way. I'm not doing that. I said, this is something I want to do for myself. It'll never be my job. And so we hired someone else. <laughs> and the same year, I took my RKC, you know, and, um, and I... I was, you know, practicing my cannabis by myself. And um, some people asked me to teach them something, and then I started with a small group in the gym, and it was something, you know, like free instruction, uh, brought some friends, uh, they wanted to be to get certified. And um, then he asked me, I taught a workshop in, in, my, my, in the gym I was um, running at the time. And things built up. To the point that somehow I ended up, you know, bringing people to the certs, importing RKC in Italy, and you know, becoming a team leader. And you know, but until the day I got that email where they Pavel told me I was going to be promoted to team leader, I never thought about it. I never thought I could ever become a, a team leader. And then you know, we switched to strong first, and uh, I became a senior, and then a master. And every time it was a surprise for me. I never, I never aimed to this. It just happened. All I did is just carry on my passion for cannibals. And um, same applies for becoming the CEO of Strong First. If you told me five years ago, I would tell you, uh, no, can't happen. So I don't know how it happened, but I think that partially because I never looked for it. I mean, it's just because, you know, that was Pavel's decision. So I think that he... He saw that I was really passionate about um, not only cannabis, but all what our school, you know, endorses and teaches and, um, and about our principles and several other things that are related to school, including, including the uh, code of conduct, you know, or all the, all the principles and the uh, uh, things we believe in. So it happened. It happened. And um, I still not, I'm still not realizing I'm in this position. Wow. Which, you know, it's it's fun, very committing, fun. Um, got great projects for the future, but again, it's it's something that I could never have expected, never. Yeah, but it's interesting. Like when someone finds their passion, like they just attract all the right people and all the right opportunities, right? So, like I always tell the coaches that I'm mentoring, like when you find that one thing that you're like so excited about when you wake up in the morning, like double down your strength on that, and a lot of good stuff is going to happen in your life. You know, I, I think this. I think that for being a good instructor, a good teacher, you do you do need have knowledge, you know. Technical skills, uh, you do need to be to care about people because you, you're basically you're sharing your knowledge and your your goal is not showing that you know that stuff, is passing it 
onto others. But it's not enough. Uh, I mean, I could be, for instance, I have a language barrier. I mean, I'm improving my English, but it's not my mother language. But what works, what people feel when you teach, is not only the fact that uh, uh, not your passion or your knowledge or you have skills, but they feel your passion. They do feel your passion. I think that passion is something that's contagious. It, you know, it brings up people on board. And, uh, and also, if you have passion, of course, you're performing on a daily basis what you're teaching. And so you're uh, leading by example. You're walking the talk. So this, people do receive this. I realized in the, in the, in the past years, you know, since uh, before I, I, I became the CEO of Stromfors, I, I was the licensee for Stromfors for Italy, and it's been pretty successful uh, as, as a country. And so several people asked me, uh, can you endorse this product or this other course, or can you help me selling this? And I realized one thing, if I didn't get the passion for that, product or whatever that was, I was not able to sell. I was never able to sell or promote in an efficient manner anything I didn't believe in. Well, I didn't even have to make any effort to get people, you know, registering to our Strong First events just because it's something I believed in. I, and which also, you know, it's, it's good for ethics. You're not promoting anything that you wouldn't do yourself. And it's also kind of a, a personal policy. The reason to training plan I prescribe to one of my students that I haven't tried myself first. That's part of the game. And people do get the feeling, I think. Yeah. I, true, you know? Yeah. How, how important do you think is empathy for a coach? Because this is something I always bring up on my show. And, you know, a lot of people get into the fitness industry because they sometimes just have an athletic background and they kind of just stumble upon becoming a trainer, but they tend to forget that, you know, we're in an industry of service to help others. And sometimes people lose sight of why they're actually there. So I'm kind of curious on your thoughts on empathy, if it's important. I have a um, strong opinion. Uh, first of all, you know, you said one thing, you said service and serve. You know, I, I often receive this this question. I often, you know, that you're, you're CEO of Strong First. How does it feel to lead the company? So I'm not leading the company. I'm serving the company. That's the first thing. So you, when you are into a service business, a school, or you're a teacher, you're a coach, you're serving your students. And uh, your, your, your duty is to help them getting it, learning, you know, improving. So you need to have a couple of things. First of all, you're, it's easier for you, and it was easy for me, if you're a disaster as an, as an athlete. Uh, if you're a very good athlete, you know, you were gifted by God, you have very good genetics, and you have been, been a champion, and, so, and everything was easy for you, Probably you you did have your own skill, but you did not develop the skills to learn or to teach or to pass on because you had it. So there was no effort for you. So for instance, you know, uh, I was always challenged as an athlete. When I was powerlifting, I was getting terrible results at the beginning, and I got to good results. Not to the point of winning or becoming a winner athlete, 
But I got good results only because I really worked hard in finding the best way to improve. So I tested anything. I experimented all the time. And still, I never won. I mean, yes, I won a couple of competitions by mistake, by chance. But I was not the winning horse. And then when I went to bodybuilding, same thing. I was not gifted athlete. And if you're not a gifted athlete, uh, you have to figure out all the possible ways to improve, which means that you learn a set of skills and a set of drills and a set of progressions that those who are gifted just did their thing and one didn't need to do. And then on the other side, you also know you've been on both sides, the one of the winner, if you want some competition, and the one of those who did not win. I don't want to call it loser because when you don't win, actually, you still gain and learn very good lessons. So a winner or not winner. And when you be on both sides, you understand both feelings. So you do care more about your students. You want them to win, but you, you also want to support them when they don't. And also you don't, uh, you care about the results and you never compete with your, with your students. This is why empathy is really important. If my students, and I'm not talking only about you know athletes, I'm talking about also uh, colleagues in teaching, have a better idea than I have, or become better athletes than I was, or lift more weight than I than I did, or I realize that their knowledge is becoming much broader and better than mine, uh, I'm happy. Well, I realize that several people, if they don't. They don't enjoy someone else such as they like they want to be on top of it you know uh, you know we had a a discussion i internal discussion the hq and we're thinking about bringing new uh within a leadership finding people who can provide new content within the leadership you know and uh new ideas and so on and this starts from the top because we need to see the best people that are growing into a system, select them, give them opportunities, which is something that's very hard. Because when you're there and you achieve a certain position, you always, you know, you might be afraid that someone else might reach your position or even overcome you. And you know what? Shouldn't be a problem. You should be fine. It's I mean, the wheel that's rolling. At one point, I will be old and obsolete. But, and, I, I, and I'd like to sit down on the other side and learn from someone who is much better than me and admire this person from there and say, hey, that's cool. You know, that's, that's part of life. And this is something that um, should really get into the mind of coaches and teachers. You know, you, your job is to teach, not to impress. So you don't really need to have specific athletic skills. You need to have... A, a set of skill, which is you need to know your job, you need to know your activity, you need to have your skills, you need to have your knowledge, but you need to have, you need to care, and you need to have, to have empathy to get the feeling of your student or athlete or whatever he, he, he is or she is and um, act according to it because your goal is not you. Your goal is your student. You want your student to improve as much as possible. And if you don't get that feeling, it doesn't work. 
No, 100%. And I think the one important thing you kind of spoke about is like the idea of failure. Because a lot of people look at failure as a bad thing. But when I look at it, it's like you just gained a lot of experience. And now you have more in your like arsenal of weaponry to succeed the next time you try. So I think how I'm going to structure this next question is like, what are some mistakes that you ha had in your career and now looking back at them, it was kind of like pivotal to a point where it made you to the person you are today. I had a long list there. <laughs> I'll talk to you about the one that really changed my life. And um, so I was not, at the time I was bodybuilding and it was 1996. So quite a few years ago. And one thing, I was also teaching uh, for the Italian Federation of Fitness personal training courses, but also um, we had the uh, something that does not exist in the U.S. The bodybuilding instructor. So it was not about teaching fitness only; it was about teaching bodybuilding. And um, I wasn't a good bodybuilder, but I, one thing that I had, I was really strong for being a bodybuilder. So I was pretty much. Among the, you know, the teachers in the Federation, I was the strongest. And I also was the strongest in my, my gym. And I had my, you know, my, I was a, I was muscular. So I had, you know, a good looking body. So it was easy for me to teach those principles because I could show that that was what I was practicing. And that gave me a lot of self-confidence. I mean, my physical strength and my physical aspect did, um, physical look did uh, provide a lot of self-confidence. Now, here's what happened. And this is one of the reasons why I don't like when people distract me when I when I train. I was doing something that I, <laughs> they many say it's wrong. I was doing behind the neck, behind the neck press in the barbell, seated, which is something I never do now, but at the time, that's all you do. And I had a, uh, 110 kilos, so make the math, uh, 200, probably 230, 140 pounds, a lot of weight. Yeah. I, was, I think singles and doubles. And I was at my gym, it was not my, it was my training time, not my teaching time. But I was there struggling and one lady called me and I turned my head slightly. I was distracted and I had, I had, I had a spark in my eyes, I had a click. I finished my rap, I spoke with a lady, and everything was fine apart from some headache and a little bit of, you know, soreness in my neck. Next day, my neck was sore, my traps were sore. What I did, I just went to the gym and I was about to do bench press. So I put 70 kilos on the bench press, I don't know what that is, probably 150 pounds was warm up weight. Grabbed the bar, boom, fell down on one side. So it turned out that I herniated a disc in my, my C-spine, and I lost so much strength on my right side that, uh, because it went worse in, in the following days as it got swollen. So if I put my arm over here like this, I was not able to extend it. I lost completely my, my right back and my left. And if you see me, I still have some holes here. And I never got this, all the strength back. And I have, if you see me in my back, I have a hole in my lap. So I, I got a, almost a paresis there. And imagine now, I, I was like much heavier than now, I was bigger. And you see that one side of your body shrinks. 
big on one side and small on the other side. You look horrible and you're weak. I had a hard time holding a cup or a mug or a glass in my hand. You know, because if it was heavy, I couldn't, no grip. So no grip strength, no strength. Have a hard time using the steering wheel uh, and driving the car. And it took months and months to get basic strength. And probably more than two years to become symmetrical again by trying to regain in one side and losing muscle mass on the other side. And I never got as strong as I, as I used to be on my right side. And um, so for me, it was a huge drama because everything I did in my life was based on my strength and my appearance. So I thought, you know, I'm going to teach courses to bodybuilders, to bodybuilding instructors and personal trainers, and I can't show them. I can't perform. I don't even look like an athlete, you know? And I, I have a hard time doing the basic stuff. It was so frustrating. So my, I thought I need to really change work, change job, because how can people trust me? How can I be trusted, you know? And so I was really depressed until I spoke with uh, one of my mentors, uh, who is a nutritionist. At that time, he used to work for, you know, Ducati races, um, and um, uh, motorbike racing, so really high-level coach, nutritional expert, and uh, my colleague also, and um, he is kind of overweight because of some, uh, you know, some uh, health issues. And he said, hey, it, just imagine I'm overweight while I used to be a competitive bodybuilder, and I spend my day putting people on diet, you know, and... Uh, and taking care of diet of high-level athletes, international-level athletes, and I'm doing this anyway. So, you know, he said, if you believe that your strength was only your physical strength and your, your physical appearance, probably you're not, you think you have nothing to say. So, you know, with that in mind, I really... I was shy, I wanted to teach my first course, and then the second one, and if it, I was embarrassed. But I realized that people were listening to me and trusting me just as before, you know, and, um, and that gave me back the self-confidence, and I realized the strength is not only in your muscles, you know, and self-confidence doesn't come also from here. It's, it's not about the way you look, or not about how you can perform, it's about who you are, what you have right here, what you have right here in your heart, and the stories you can tell, and what you can share with people. And this is what makes you successful or not. So this is was this was, you know, huge drama for me, but it was the greatest lesson ever. And you know, now that I'm reaching my fifties, I'm realizing that when I teach courses, I used to demo everything. And sometimes I have to call up on the system to demo because if I don't like warm up for 30 minutes and do some mobility, I can't do that, you know? I mean, I can do a band press, but I just can't go there and do a band press without any movement prep. So I'm realizing that, you know, I do need help. I do need some help right now from, and probably 10 years from now, I won't be able to, to do and perform and show everything I do now. So if, that if what I could show and do was my only point of strength, 
I would have to consider another job, right? So yeah, we're we are not only what we look like. So that was that's the story. Yeah. I think the reason I don't, I'm not sure I ever told this one during the podcast. So original content. No, like that that was an amazing story because like anything to do with the cervical spine is like scary and. I think even like the general population listening, like when they get to those kind of injuries, they think their life is over. So for you to like be hungry enough to like keep going is like amazing. So I'm kind of curious now, like at any time of your journey, trying to like get your strength back, was there any times where you just wanted to quit because it was too difficult or anything like that? Oh, no, not that. No, that was something I always say that, you know, I love being consistent. Um, and the more they told me, you've done, the more I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> You're done. I'm not done. No, that, that is something I, I never gave up. I used it to experiment on myself. I experimented. I studied. I, I tried everything. So I got books on the subject because I was an expert. So I, um, I, I saw several different doctors. We didn't have access to chiropractors here it was very uncommon. So I looked into my, for a chiropractor until I found one. You know, I went to see a chiropractor and then I, I studied neurology. I took a look and, you know, I, I, get, I went to talk with neurologists, orthopedics. I took all my documentation. I, I studied how, how fast the nerve, peripheral nerve, nerve grows again, how it innervates other fibers. Everything I could do to heal, I did it. And think about this. Now my right side is still my weak side. Oh, sorry. It's my strong side. The left side is the strongest side. Uh, so my right is still my strong side, while the left is the strongest, while it was the opposite tribute to the uh, this. But by I chose, when I did my beast Sturmer challenge and everything, I did it with my right. So now things have changed because I got surgery on the left shoulder a couple of years ago, so I had to reverse everything and get the, the, the left strong again. But, you know, that, that was the point. If you, uh, is, it, is it metal in English, what you get in the competition, a medal? Yeah, right? yeah. So in Italy we say, I don't know if it works in, in, in English, uh, that every medal which is so nice from the front, has a backside, right? Usually if you turn a metal on the side, on the backside is is raw, it's rough, it's, it doesn't look good. So we say every metal has its back, but every back has a metal in front. So that happened, but learn so many lessons out of it. And by the way, this is interesting. So, and I think it was uh, probably a year and a half ago, and this is something I, I never told publicly. Uh, I did some very good PRs in deadlift and squat and, you know, bench press and military press after a long time. And after that, like a month later, I injured my lower back. So I got another hernia and my left leg shut off. Okay. And again, it was because I was idiot. And guess what? Someone talked to me while I was doing, you know, a light squat warm-up set. But... Someone came there and talked to me. And um, my left side switched off, so my leg, left leg started losing volume. Not as bad as the other side, you know, as it happened with the cervical at that time. But still, now imagine my PR in squat is 240 kilo, which is probably 550 pounds, something like that. 
uh, probably more, I don't know, something around that. And um, I had a hard time, you know, with probably 100 pounds because my hips were shifting on one side. So I tried something I, I never did for a while. I went on a leg extension machine, you know, tried one leg leg extension. And, you know, on, on my machine, I was able to, like, lift 90 kilos with my right and 15 with my left. So thought shut off. And you know what? Took it easy. I mean, since I had that previous experience, I didn't, I didn't worry for one second. I knew what I had to do. I knew, so I saw my Cairo, did things I needed to do. But as far as for rehab, I knew how to, I needed to train, what I needed to do, and I just did it. Didn't bother anyone, and I built up. And uh, I'm not 240 yet, but I got back my 220 kilo squat. So it's there. And it's interesting because the two legs are shaped differently now. <laughs> because I still have a part of that quad did not catch up. So another part grew more. <laughs> and you have to deal with it. We'll deal with it. You know, you're not young anymore, and things happen. And just be more smart in the future. I was able to, you know, train injury-free for a long time, thanks to what I learned, by the way, by the system, by Stronger system. Great tips there on how to lift heavy and stay safe. But still, you still make mistakes, or you still get distracted. Especially, you know, if you have high volume of training. If I do 400 squats in uh, in a month, it, you just need one rep. You know, you just need to lose focus in one rep. That's not much. One out of 400, but that's enough to get injured. So things happen, even if you're careful. And it happened. But again, learned the lesson, knew how to deal with it, zero problem. Oh, fair enough. And I think like just having the right mindset is so huge because a lot of times people will kind of get within their own thoughts and then get into a dark place. But if you change what's going up in here, like opportunities are endless for life you see here's the thing you can't avoid the unavoidable there's no way you can't forecast anything it's like you know you do your great fms screen wonderful and that's good about your durability and you do all your correctives you move well you get all threes or most threes just a couple of twos everything looks well and then you get hit by a motorbike or by, you know, by, by a car or you just, something happens and you get hurt because it's not your fault. What are you going to do? And if you get upset with yourself or with whoever hurt you, or if you get angry or if you just give up or if you, it doesn't change the situation and doesn't improve the situation. You got only one way out of hard situation, you know, stand up and walk. That's all you, you have another other option. If you cry on yourself, you can, if you get desperate, if you blame the world, if you blame yourself or whoever else, doesn't help you. It's all wasted time. You know, there is a, I like all Italian sayings. They say, if, if you get upset, you do two efforts. First one is getting upset. Second one is calm down. So don't get upset in the first place. Just take it easy. Yeah. Hey, um. I'm, this now i mean how, how old are you i'm 28 28 years old i was upset and you know angry i was saying a bad word i can't um all most of the time so it's something you learn with experience you know and 
biting your head on the wall several times. So I don't want to be here and show I'm a wise man. If you think about any mistake in training, in behavior, and I did them all. And I'm proud of them. <laughs> I did them all. Uh, what is really severe is not doing mistakes. Is learn is if you learn nothing from your mistakes. That's severe. That that's a problem. Um, so maybe for the last question, because we're coming up to our time here, because I feel like you could just talk forever. Um, oh, yeah. If people wanted to find out more about what you do, any kind of projects you have coming out, any more seminars or speaking engagements that you have, you can plug away on anything on my show right now. Well, strong first website. That's, that's what I do, basically. So that's my full-time activity right now. And um, we just launched uh, this book co-authored by Pavel and myself called Reload. And it's about a barbell strength plan, linear cycle, kind of adapted and improved. And um, working on, some things are classified, I can't tell about it, but working on a new ebook. Awesome. And this is going to be about strength and hypertrophy. So working on that, can't reveal the title, uh, but that's what I'm working on. And of course, but my main focus right now is still strength, strong first, make it grow as much as they can. My goal is 10 new countries in the next two years. Oh, wow. 10 new countries. So I haven't told this before, but that's, that's my goal. And several other things. So, but that's pretty much. Uh, right now I'm strong first focused. Perfect. That's this is my mission, and I'm not going to change this mission. It's going to take me forever. I'm going to stay with it until I live, until, until I uh, until I live, and uh, I'm not going to change my mind. Perfect, awesome. So thank you so much for your time. This was amazing. Thank you. It was great uh, talking to you. I just can't wait to hear the podcast. Uh, Brad would say, uh, <laughs> I just can't wait to hear myself. <laughs> to me, I just can't wait to hear myself. No, actually, no. you know what? Seriously, I uh, never listened to a podcast where I was on mm -hmm. because I hear my voice that annoys me. <laughs> if I get a transcription, probably I might read it. So I will try to listen to it, but I will listen to your speak. So, so I will miss most of it. All right, so that's going to wrap up episode 243 with Fabio. He was amazing, wasn't he? So just like every single episode at the end, Please, 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 please share this podcast with your friends and family. And also, you know, I haven't done this in a while. If you're listening on iTunes, if you have the time, please give me a five-star rating. This will help me um, go up the ranks in iTunes and more people will be able to find out about my show. So if you can leave a five-star rating and a little nice little message, you don't have to do a nice little message, just the five stars, that'll be enough. And I will be forever grateful. And again, my ebook, The Ironclad Body Training System, it's out. It's on sale. And you know what? The sale ends on July 2nd. So don't be one of those last minute people where you forget to buy it and the price goes up by 40%. Be smart, get it for a discount, and you will not be sorry because. 
the amount of people that have been buying my book and reaching out to me saying how amazing it is is such a humbling experience and I honestly feel so grateful for people being so receptive to my stuff which is kind of stupid because I've been in the industry forever and like you would think that someone's been in the industry for like 10 years they would know what they're doing also I do know what I'm doing but just to have that recognition from other people saying like damn man you did a good job it's freaking amazing um really cool I've been having people buy my book in Canada which I'm from um the U.S. London Ireland Germany like it's really cool to see my book being sold internationally. So be one of those smart people. Pick up a copy of my book by clicking the show notes, clicking the link, and just click buy now. Like, If you are a person that likes lifting or is someone that wants to start lifting but they have some nagging injuries, tight spots, like your shoulder just hasn't been the same, like this program's for you. Like every one of us has some joint issue, restriction, tightness, even pain. I cover all those bases. Like I've trained so many people and I have not seen a single person with really good shoulder mobility. And if you are listening and you're like, yeah, fuck, yeah, my shoulders suck ass. My program attacks that because there's so much mobility training in there. You'll be surprised how good your body's going to feel after four months of following the program. So hit the show notes, click the link, buy the book. You won't be sorry. And the second thing, if you haven't added me on Facebook yet, it's also in the show notes. Click the link, add me on Facebook. I'm going to say what's up. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Have an awesome day. And until next time, I'm going to continue giving you the best fitness and health advice out there. That's it for me. I don't know. I'm super hyper today. But uh, yeah, crush it, you guys. You guys are amazing.